This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by Pulling It Strings. Visit the shop online at www.pullingitstrings.com. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 57 of Never Not Knitting. Thank you for joining me. And I wanted to apologize for this episode delay. I always like sticking to my podcast schedule and putting out a new episode on the 1st and 15th. But as you can probably tell, I am sick right now. And yesterday I was really sick and I just felt so lousy and I sounded even worse, so it just wasn't the best day to be recording this podcast. It's funny how illness doesn't always schedule itself around these things. Anyways, as usual, I have some drawing winners to announce before I get into today's show. Last episode, I announced two separate drawings, so there are two winners this time. Everyone who left a comment under the blog post for episode 56 was entered to win the two free tickets to VK Live. And the winner of that giveaway is Lori, spelled L-O-R-R-I-E. Additionally, everyone who left a comment under the drawing giveaway post on my blog was entered to win the fabulous prize package from Alpenglow Yarn. I chose a commenter at random, and the winner of the Alpenglow Yarn giveaway is Avila, A-V. I-L-A. Congratulations to you both. Please, if you did hear your name called, please get in touch with me right away to claim your prize and so that I can get your shipping address and get everything on out to you. You can reach me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. So for today's episode, I have a big knitting update to share with you. Last time I mentioned all of the baby knitting I've been doing, So now I have tons of projects to tell you about. After I finished all of my design work for Coastal Knits, I indulged full force into knitting for our new baby due in November, which was such a nice change of pace from the tedious number crunching that goes along with pattern writing. So the first project I started was the baby Sophisticate jacket out of Malabrigo Worsted. And mind you, I started this even though I already had two unfinished projects for the baby already on the needles. If you remember, I did have that one baby booty and one sock knit, both without a mate, but at that point I completely did not care. I did not want to finish those projects. I just wanted to knit this tiny little sweater out of this nice medium weight yarn. It sounded so easy and so much more appealing than knitting a second sock or a second booty with tiny yarn and tiny needles. Anyways, this baby sweater flew off the needles in like two days. It was so fast and it is so insanely cute, I have to tell you. I was also really impressed by how little yarn this sweater used. I had a stray skein of Malabrigo worsted in my stash in a neutral color, 
and although the pattern says that the sweater would take more yardage than one skein, I was able to get the entire sweater and a matching hat out of it with yarn to spare. And honestly, this made me like this project even more. Not only is this one of the cutest baby sweaters ever, but the pattern was free, it knitted up extremely quickly, and the set took only about $10 in yarn to make. Does it get any better? For my little baby sweater, I knit the smallest size, which makes me feel fine about using this single-ply Malabrigo rather than another sturdier superwash wool. This little sweater is most likely going to be a special sweater for outings. And knowing how quickly babies grow, I'm sure he'll probably end up wearing it only a few times. I'm thinking that this little sweater and matching hat would be perfect for a coming home from the hospital outfit. It certainly looks tiny enough. Speaking of the hat, I finally got a chance to try out the pattern in Kate Oates' new book, Math for Hats, that I shared with you recently. I just followed that simple pattern in the back for the adventure hat, and a few hours later, I had the sweetest little matching set. And wow, infant-sized hats out of worsted weight yarn go so quickly. I could see how that could quickly turn into an addiction, for sure. So if you're looking for a really fun and fast gift for a baby, seriously, consider these two projects. I highly recommend them. So after I got this sweater and hat done and out of my system, I was finally ready to buckle down and finish up that last sock and that last baby booty to finish up the pairs that I had started previously. If you remember in an earlier episode, I had said that I was very skeptical of this baby booty pattern, Sarge's booties, because these little tiny shoes worked up to be so incredibly ridiculously small looking. Well, since that episode, two very kind listeners sent me actual pictures of the Sarge's booties that they knit being modeled by the babies that they knit them for. And surprise, surprise, they actually fit. So that definitely made me feel better about it. Also recently, I spent some time with my friend and her very, very tiny new newborn baby. And after seeing her baby boy, I realized how much I had forgotten about newborns. He was so little. My daughter is five and a half, so I think it's just been a while since I've been around a baby like that. And it's just easy to forget, I guess. So yeah, anyways, I'm sure these tiny shoes will be just fine. I finished the second one really quickly. And yes, of course, now that they're all finished and the pair is together, they are so cute. I knit them out of a brown fingering weight yarn, Luet Gems, and the color actually coordinates really well with the hat and sweater that I made. So I'm thinking that all of the items together are going to make pretty much the cutest outfit that the world has ever seen. I'm pretty sure. I personally can't imagine anything cuter than a newborn baby covered in hand knits. So after that was done, it was then on to my last green sock. And this one was a little bit more tricky for me. Originally, when I was making the first sock, I had downloaded a free pattern on Ravelry, 
but quickly realized that it was full of errors. So I just adjusted the pattern as I went and marked up the entire page with notes so that I would remember what I did. Well, as you know, I had to put this little sock aside to work on some design projects for the book. And by the time I got back to it, my pattern and all of my notes were nowhere to be found. And I know exactly whose fault that is. I happen to have this little five and a half year old girl living with me that loves to draw and write notes on everything. We don't dare leave important papers lying around because later we might come across, say, a medical bill that's overdue with a princess drawn on it or something. And I just know that this is what happened to my pattern. In the chaos of that time period, I must have left it out. And now, yeah, it's gone. It's just gone. So in trying to knit this second little sock, I basically had to figure out what I did by painstakingly counting stitches and rows in the first sock. Totally not what I wanted to do. It took me two times to turn the heel, and after the second time I just thought to myself, forget this. This is just a baby sock for my own baby. It's not a gift, and it's not going to be displayed in a museum. If it ends up a few stitches off from the first sock, it's okay. It does not matter. And realistically, it totally doesn't. It was not worth all that effort and energy re-knitting this thing. And after all, that completely conflicts with the goal of this baby knitting anyways, which was to get away from that sort of knitting entirely for a while. Right now, I am all about mindless knitting, following other people's patterns, and not counting anything that I don't absolutely have to. So at the end of this project, I was happy to see that little sock done and out of my life. So after the sock, I decided to next knit up an aviatrix hat. This is another free pattern on Ravelry, and it's a pattern for a cute little helmet-style hat with a chin strap that buttons on one side. Of course, it's incredibly adorable, and the pattern itself offers so many options. It is written to accommodate three different yarn weights and many, many sizes. It's awesome. For this project, I chose another yarn from my stash, this time Blue Sky Alpaca's Alpaca Yarn in a light gray. And wow, I mean, I love the way this yarn looks knitted up in this pattern. And I sewed these little red buttons on the side, and together it's just, yeah, it's just really cute. But I'm still a little bit concerned about it, though. My experience with alpaca is that it can sometimes feel soft initially, but be kind of prickly when you wear it against your skin. And I have really, really sensitive skin, so this may just be me, and I know that some alpacas are worse than others. But I'm kind of thinking, for a tiny baby's delicate head, maybe this wasn't the best yarn choice. I mean, what if I make my poor child wear this hat, He's constantly crying because his head is itchy, and I just obliviously keep feeding him or changing his diaper, trying to get him to stop. 
but really it's the hand-knit hat all along. Maybe people who think their babies have colic are really putting them in alpaca hand-knit hats, and little do they know that the baby's stomach is just fine. It's their itchy head that's the problem. I mean, how sad would that be? I remember with my daughter that it's sometimes hard to figure out why babies are crying, so now I'm feeling kind of reluctant about using this piece. It kind of makes me want to knit a second version in the Debbie Bliss Baby Cash Merino or some, some other yarn like that. I'm not sure yet what I'm going to do with that. Anyways, after the hat, next up on the needles was a little item from my daughter this time. Well, it was actually for her teacher. My little girl just started kindergarten, so I thought it'd be fun to knit up a little apple for her teacher, in keeping with the old tradition. I used scrap yarn and the finger foods pattern by Susan B. Anderson in her Itty Bitty Toys book, and I just omitted the hole at the bottom, and it worked out really nicely. And inside the apple, we put apple-scented potpourri, and filled in the spaces with dried beans, so it has a nice weight to it. And in doing this, I think it made it more useful. Now it can double as a paperweight or a sachet for her drawer. And not just be this weird stuffed apple thing. I mean, that's cute in itself, but maybe might not be a gift that just everyone would appreciate. I don't know. Anyways, it came out really great, and we had a lot of fun wrapping it up and giving it to the teacher. And I hope that she likes it. You know when you give people hand-knit gifts and they're just like, oh, thanks, and you kind of want to say, yeah, and that is hand-knit. I made that, but you don't want to because that might be kind of weird. But you feel like you should because it makes it more special, not just, hey, I bought this weird apple at the store for you. Instead, it's like, I spent the time to make this apple and pick out everything about it, and I made it especially for you. It sounds a lot better, but it's kind of hard to know how to say that. Right now, it seems like I've been focusing so much on the book and the new baby that it was really nice to make the time to do something just with my daughter. My daughter loves the things I make, and she really enjoyed watching this apple come together. And she was so excited about giving it to the teacher. So that was really worth it. Once that apple was completed, though, it was time for some more, yes, baby knitting. And so this time I decided to move on to a second baby sweater. And for this one, I was really trying to put my focus on practicality. The pattern I chose for this sweater is one I've knit before. It's the hooded jacket pattern by Debbie Bliss from her book Simply Baby. And this is one of my all-time favorite knitting books. I've gotten a lot of use out of it. I've made several patterns from it in the past. In fact, if you've been listening to this podcast from the beginning, you may remember me talking about some of these projects. I even told the story of my first experience with making this sweater in my second episode. And it's sort of a funny story, so go back and give that a listen if you haven't heard it before. Anyways, this is a nice basic hooded cardigan with one button at the top. 
I chose to make the three to six month size. And it looks like the type of sweater that would be really easy and quick to take on and off for a baby of this age. I also chose a yarn that I felt would be really sturdy and hold up to a lot of washings. Spud and Chloe sweater. Sweaters like this knit in such tiny sizes go by so fast. That's one thing that I'm so enjoying about knitting for this baby. It's all such instant gratification. The weird thing about this particular sweater, though, is that it's always surprising how time-consuming the hood of the sweater is to make. I haven't knit many hoods in the past, but they seem on the outset to be small and kind of like it would be a quick part of the project, but when you're knitting them, they feel surprisingly huge. It's weird. Anyways, it's the hood that really makes this sweater look so cozy and warm, and I'm glad that I took the time to add it. I imagine that we'll get a lot of use out of this particular sweater. So, you're up to date. That was my last completed baby knit. Since then, I've cast on for the Gramps cardigan by Kate Oates in the 12-month size, but that project is going rather slowly at the moment since I've been dedicating most of my time to the final editing on Coastal Knits, which is quite a project in itself. But yes, I'm happy to say that the book is almost done and almost ready for print. Hannah and I will be opening up pre-orders in the very near future, so please keep checking our blogs for update on that. We have some really fun surprises in store. And also, I wanted to be sure to thank everyone the really kind comments that you've left on the blog regarding the patterns. It was so great to hear such amazing feedback, and you've made me even more excited about this book release. So thank you very much for taking the time. Also, I wanted to mention that eventually, when things start calming down a bit, I'll have some time to finally share some pictures of all of these baby knits that I've just mentioned as well as my progress on the ultra-adorable Gramps cardigan pattern. And as always, if you're interested in anything that I've mentioned, you can find the links to all the patterns and yarn in this episode's show notes. So for this episode, I have a fun giveaway, promotion, and new story to share with you. Undoubtedly, many of you listening are already familiar with designer Amy Herzog. She's had many, many gorgeous designs published in magazines, such as Twist Collective and Knit Scene, but she's also well known for her self-published line, as well as her blog, which used to be under the name of Knit Stash Repeat. I personally have followed her blog for years, and I've always really enjoyed it. Amy is a really talented designer, and I was thrilled when she agreed to share one of her personal knitting-related stories on the podcast. I'd like to present her story of The Trouble with Seatbelts. I'm an independent designer, and when I release a pattern on my own, rather than in a collaboration with a magazine or a group like the Twist Collective, I typically model my own sweaters, um, both because I just 
don't have the resources to hire a professional model. They're really expensive. And more importantly, because I think it's really helpful to the knitter to see a sweater on someone with a more typical figure, not the model's uh, figure shape. I mostly really enjoy this. I have a great time. I'm not shy in front of the camera at all. I'm very comfortable. And I work really well with my amazing friend and photographer, Caro Sheridan. But there has definitely been a learning curve in modeling well, and I'd love to share a little blooper moment from one of my early shoots. So this story is about an experience I had modeling my design Lucette last summer. So the Lucette pattern is a really simple, uh, flattering sweater. It has great waist shaping that's really easily customized, and this beautiful beaded trim uh, on the scoop neckline and sleeve cuffs and hem of the sweater. And in the pattern, I've included instructions for multiple sleeve lengths. It's knit at a very common gauge so that knitters really have a great year-round resource. But the sample for the pictures was done with elbow length sleeves and in a soy cotton blend yarn. So really perfect for summer wear. The sample is very summery. And it was definitely summer when Caro and I went out to take the final shots for the, the pattern. It was this really sticky day, super sunny, um, with that really harsh, bright sunlight. And we were just going from location to location, trying to find light that wasn't too harsh, um, trying to keep my hair remotely tamed in the humidity. My hair gets really big when it's humid and just on and on and on. And it just, it wasn't working out. We weren't happy with any of the pictures that we were getting. So eventually we're both kind of frustrated, just about ready to say, forget it. We'll come back and try another day. But we hit upon the idea of trying out just one more location, which was the public library in the town of Winchester, which is near where I live outside Boston. It's this gorgeous old castle-like building with lots of great stonework and little stones and huge slabs of granite. And we just, we thought it would be the perfect backdrop for this blue sweater to have the, the all of the different gray tones behind it. So we hopped in the car. It's a short drive from where I live. So we headed over and we got out. We found a great spot. We found several great spots, actually. And we had a great shoot. Everything seemed to be working out so well. The light was magical and the stonework was great and everything just looked so good. So we had a fantastic shoot. We packed it all up. We went home and everything seemed like perfect. Like we had snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. And you can probably guess that that's not where the story ends. <laughs> so later on that night, Caro sent me preview photos from the shoot. And as it turns out, uh, the seatbelt that I had worn in the car driving over to the library had creased the front of the sweater with this diagonal line straight down the front that both of us had somehow missed in person at the time. But it was really prominent in the photos. It was this, it was this double seatbelt line directly over the front of my, of my body. It was so funny because in the photos, you couldn't miss it. But in real life, 
we we both had and not for lack of trying i i had of course checked myself in the mirror and everything before going to pose and and Kara was obviously looking at me pretty uh pretty closely through the camera so it just goes to show that your eye passes things over in real life but the camera captures everything exactly as it is so <laughs> that was a really important thing for me to learn and this experience and and some others and other shoots have really taught me to try and uncorrect my eye when we're doing photos for a finished piece and catch things like shadows and creases and and so on so the postscript is that of course we had to reshoot the sweater and for the final shoot the weather was perfect and the temperature was great and the air was crisp and clear and we found some fantastic backdrops in a different town and it all turned out just really well i'm thrilled with the final photos the the first shoot was obviously just not meant to be, and we shouldn't have pushed it. <laughs> but I'm glad we did, because I learned a lot from that shoot. And uh, now, whenever I'm getting a little too sure of myself when we're taking pictures of a sweater, I always make sure to glance down, just to make sure the sweater isn't creased or anything isn't crazy. <laughs> Thanks again, Amy, for sharing your story. The lucette pattern that Amy has mentioned in this episode is amazing, and I highly suggest that you definitely go check it out. It's a simple, well-fitted pullover with a beautiful patterned neckline, hem, and cuffs. It's so very pretty, and the good news is you have a chance to win the pattern. Amy has kindly provided a copy for this episode's giveaway, but that is not all. Additionally, this episode's sponsor, Pulling Its Strings Online Yarn Shop, has kindly contributed an entire sweater's worth of yarn for you to make a Lucette sweater of your very own. One without a seatbelt mark, that is. The yarn in that giveaway is the Three Irish Girls Springvale DK. It's a super squishy, super wash wool dyed in a really pretty blended way. The colorway that I have in front of me is called Tree Fort, and it's this really pretty blend of golds and browns. It's like the most ideal fall colorway. It's not even funny. And it's going to make one of you listening a stunning new sweater for autumn. As always, I'll be posting all drawing details over on my blog in the very near future, so please stop by and enter to win. Three Irish Girls is one of the many yarn lines carried at Pulling It Strings. I've been familiar with this online yarn shop for a few years now, and what I really appreciate about it is that it's a shop whose focus is on supporting independent artisans. As an independent designer myself, I of course really appreciate that. Pulling It Strings is run by Jennifer, a work-at-home mom of four. Yes, I said four. Four kids, all under the age of five, mind you. And two of those four kids are one-year-old twins. Amazing, right? Jennifer carries yarn from some of my favorite independent yarn companies, such as Becoming Art and Yarn Love. And there's also many others that I would definitely like to get better acquainted with, as all of the yarns featured look really beautiful and interesting. Aside from yarn, Pulling It Strings also offers spinning fiber, patterns, and knitting accessories. 
all from independent artists. It's kind of like a small knitting-related version of Etsy.com. I definitely think you'll enjoy it. Jennifer has kindly offered a special September promotion just for the Never Not Knitting listeners. If you'd like to check out Pulling at Strings and support some amazing independent artists, you'll be happy to know that you can use the coupon code NNK10, that's NNK10, and get 10% off any order until midnight on October 1st. This is a special offer exclusive to the Never Not Knitting listeners and blog readers and cannot be combined with any other offer. I'll be putting all of this information as well as the link to the shop in this episode's show notes, so be sure to stop by and pay the shop a visit. Additionally, Pulling at Strings will be holding some very special events in October to celebrate the store's second anniversary. She'll be hosting mini scavenger hunts on Facebook, random sales, and some really fantastic giveaways and drawings as well. It sounds like a ton of fun, so go ahead and sign up for her newsletter, and then that way you can stay in the loop and participate. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode and all episodes of Never Not Knitting can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. You can also find me over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and if you'd like to contact me, please feel free to email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Well, that's it for episode 57. Thank you again for joining me and putting up with my nasal, sick-sounding voice. I promise next episode will be better. Please join me back for the next episode on September 15th. And in the meantime, watch for the release of our new book, Coastal Knits. More information will be coming soon. Thanks, everyone. I'll see you next time. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed. She won't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching. And the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters. And more socks than they could ever wear. There's yarn in the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. It's even in the washer and dryer. That's why she can't do any laundry. I need some clothes. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad.
husband bad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching. And the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Oh, 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, Just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting. And it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And, well, she's losing all she had.